Me too. Well, welcome to Millennials in Ministry. We're so glad to have you, Benji. And uh, I came across you searching on Instagram for people, young preachers, young millennials in ministry, and I found Dear Young Preacher Co., yes. that uh, Instagram that you manage and that you created. So tell us a little bit about Dear Young Preacher, how that got started, why you're doing it, what you're up to. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, once again, just want to thank you uh, for having me on your vlog. Um, sure. I think it's really cool when, uh, you know, young people, especially Christians, could come together um, and dialogue and not only just dialogue, but also just build the faith together. Um, and yeah. so this is something I'm really excited about. If you're watching, stay for the whole episode. It's going to be dope. It's going to be good. <laughs> um, but yeah, DearYoungPreacher.co, it started on a six-hour road trip from North Carolina to Atlanta. Uh, I was with a mentor of mine, and he was like, he made me read this book. I think we talked about it, Gary V. Uh, yeah. The legend himself. And he made me read it and really began to think and process through um, what it meant to have an identity of self. Um, mm -hmm. So I began to think through that and who am I and, and all of these different questions. Um, and I recognized that as someone who was young, a preacher growing up in the game, uh, the preaching world, um, yeah. preaching since I was 13 at a ch Haitian church in Boston. I wow. see you kids, yeah. Um, and <laughs> recognizing that, you know, a lot of times that I wish there was a structure or system or way to follow and understand this way of ministry. Um, right. And so Dear Young Preacher started almost as like, I'm a walker and talker. <laughs> oh, do you? Know? But, do you? It started as really this way of, you know, recognizing when I was younger and I didn't have the tools or the resources to connect with others. Um, and yeah. so what does that look like for me to pour into the next generation of young people who want to step into ministry um, mm -hmm. and to really have them hone in on their skills, hone in on the craft of preaching, but also just their general walk with God. And so yeah. it's, been, it's been a dope process. Uh, we started videos in January. Um, so what, we're at four months now, which yeah. is crazy. Wow, that's crazy. awesome. Yeah, and, and I mean, the opportunities, the doors God has opened, it's been great for sure. That's so cool, man. Well, tell me, how did you, why do you want to be a preacher? Or where did that desire <laughs> start for you? Yeah, yeah. Fun fact, I actually never wanted to be a preacher um, I remember growing up young in the Haitian church, um, the, all the elders, all the whole, the old Haitians would be like, Benji, yeah. you're going to be a preacher. I was mm -hmm. like, no, I'm going to the NBA. Um, that's just, <laughs> you know, I didn't play. I wasn't good, but I was like, no way, <laughs> no way. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I, no, preaching is not for me. Um, yeah. And my mom's best friend ran the youth ministry. And so at age 13, she had, she was like, hey, I want you to lead a lesson. I mean, I still have that first sermon I ever wrote. I mean, it's what, yeah. like, I thought I was preaching for 30 minutes, but it was probably uh -huh. like five minutes total. Right. Um, <laughs> every, everything's written word for word. It's like pause here so they could say amen. God is good, wow. parentheses wow. all the time. <laughs> Very like structured. <laughs> Um, yeah. And so it's cool to now look back and be like, wow, like we've come a long way. Um, yeah. But yeah I, I think it started with people investing and believing in me. 
um, mm-hmm. and wanting to see a passion thrive within, within me. I never really took it seriously till I was about 16 years old. Uh, okay. But since then, it's been a joy and a journey. I'm 21 years old now. And it's, awesome. it's been dope. It's been really cool That's living so for cool. the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, last time we talked, you mentioned how you feel like your life message is inspiring people to discover their purpose, that purpose is for a sure. big thing for you. And so tell, tell us a little bit about um, how did you discover your purpose? Mm. And then when you encourage other people, how do you encourage other people to discover theirs? Yeah, great question. Um, I remember someone telling me, you can sense glimpses of purpose throughout your walk. Um, mm. And so this dude, he was like, you know, I knew I was like, there was this passion within me to preach because ever since I was a kid, like the mic just always gravitated towards me and I would have it and I'd be, I'd be speaking. I mean, even the play mics and that's a funny example. Um, But I think there's like some truth to that statement. There's glimpses of purpose that God's put, God puts throughout your life. Um, And so you have the ability to note and see where God is moving on a very minuscule scale, but sometimes it can be like, God is showing you this little thing now. And one day, maybe you'll be able to step into that greater thing. Um, And I know that's what it was for me with preaching. Um, Yeah, I'm huge on passion and purpose. I always smile when I talk about (laughs) passion and purpose. Uh, Because if you could live on purpose, and if you could live with passion, and if more people did that, the world would be so different. I'm a big believer that if you're passionate about anything, then you can make other people passionate about it. And so when two people are passionate about something, I mean, one could chase a thousand, two could bring 10,000 to flight. I mean, it's like, there's so much more potential when, you know, passionate people, hi Antonio, there's so much more potential, (laughs) you know, I'm, yeah, I'm a firm believer that if you're passionate, you could get someone else passionate. And for Christians to be passionate, that's what the world needs, you know, like, for Christians to really be on fire, for Christians to really step into this thing, like, with passion and purpose, passion always follows purpose. That's dope. I totally agree. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the two can't be distinguished. And when you have them, and, and I'm never saying it's easy, because, you know, I have passion. But there are times when, you know, I also need the discipline, you know, because passion Mm -hmm. can only bring you so far. Um, yeah. And there's times where I feel like, yeah, I'm passionate, I have purpose, but I doubt it at the same time, you know? Yeah. But I think the two in tandem work really well together to really push us into the call that God's given us. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Now, along with passion and purpose, you've been in youth ministry for a long time, right? Since you were yeah, a yeah, young teenager. Yeah. We talked about that. Um, I want to ask you, with all of your experience being in different youth groups and being a part of running youth ministries, what makes good youth ministries good and what makes bad youth ministries bad from your perspective? Yeah, this is great uh, because I'm a senior at Gordon um, and have been applying to jobs. So this is like an interview. So this is good. <laughs> okay. okay, okay. Um, so what makes good youth ministries good? I think there's top four. I just chose a random number. Preachers choose three. I'll choose three. There we go. Okay, Number one, okay. really good. You got to preach the gospel. I mean, that goes without stated, but sometimes it needs to be stated, you know, preaching yeah. the gospel. It's clear throughout the Bible. You preach the good news and people will come. And so one, preach the gospel. Number two, have a vision. 
Um, I mean, we know in the Bible it says lack of vision, people perish, but we still don't take it seriously. You know, if a leader is able to rally his leaders and the youth around a vision, around a goal, around where he believes yeah. God is calling the group to, I mean, they could go so far. It's, it's yeah. the same passion, you know, if I could ignite one person from where I'm believing God is calling and leading us, then it's like, we can go so much farther than, well, we're just doing this because, you know, we're doing it. Um, yeah. And number three, the youth have to be doing the ministry. Um, mm -hmm. I think a big thing that I've seen um, in youth ministries that aren't as effective is that it, it kind of becomes babysitting. You know, the right. youth are there and they're watching people perform, hands crossed, chilling. Yeah. They go sit down for, you know, the word. They might fall asleep, be on their phones the whole time. Um, right. But it goes to empowerment. And so if the youth are doing the ministry, if the youth are leading worship, that inspires the other youth to be like, wow, I could be like them. You know, yeah. young people could speak to young people so much better than we can, you know. Yeah, yeah. And we're young, we're young. But it's right. like, yeah. young, young right. people, I mean, peers have so much more of a greater effect. Um, yeah. So you have youth groups. I mean, I remember being at uh, interning at a church in North Carolina this summer, and we had the opportunity to train five students to preach a sermon series for a whole month, which was the dopest thing, uh, seeing yeah. like the call begin to manifest in them. Um, yeah. But I mean, the coolest thing from that series was how on fire the other students got. You know, yeah. they were like, wow, like. I could be, I could be serving God like this. I could be on fire yeah. for God. I don't have to be ashamed. I don't have to worry. Yeah. You know, I have people around me who are living completely sold out for the kingdom. I could step yeah. and do the same. And yeah. so I think, yeah, I think those are, those I are three things. That, like for me, you're talking about passion and purpose. My passion was birthed when other people gave me a shot. Mm, it yeah. gave me a shot in that speaking or gave me a shot at hey you lead this or how about you take this and sure. in youth group you know what I mean all my life it's people giving me a shot or believing in me or seeing something mm -hmm. in me and then taking a risk and a chance at hey let's see what else is in her you know what I'm saying and then you're right like once the youth and I've seen that too once I saw my peers do stuff that I thought was like a little bit out crazy I'm yeah, like well sure. wait a minute I want to be crazy too you know yeah, it's like it takes that yeah. one person to step out and do something crazy that really gets the culture moving in that direction. So I love what you said. Totally. I mean, um, I'd even say leadership styles have changed, you know, like while I was younger and, you know, the generation before us, it was a very, like the leader is the one with the title, the one with power leadership yeah. nowadays is, I mean, who can I empower? How can I yeah, give you power good. in your circle to then influence change? And I so, still believe that. I mean, to all the young preachers and leaders out there, that's just my uh, encouragement to you to empower the people yeah. you're around, um, yeah. to give them responsibility, to give them an increased role to step into what they might believe God is pushing them towards. Yeah, it's so good, dude. I love that. <laughs> so tell me, like, what advice or encouragement would you give to someone else that's walking in the same journey as you, mm. you know, they feel called to preach. They feel like this is a call of God on their life. What advice would you give to other peers that are walking in the same, same path? Good question. Um, two things. Um, 
number one, stay hungry. Um, I think it's, it's a sad thing to see. I've known a lot of people who I felt like were called, who I felt like were real, like power heads that God marked. Yeah. Um, and they got to a place where, you know, they didn't see, they didn't see the affirmation that other people were getting. They weren't as noticed. And so they just kind of let it go. Um, and yeah. to see some of them now, to see, you know, all the potential that I thought was in them before, um, and to see almost a shell of a person now. Um, mm -hmm. And so stay hungry. I think that's, that's a huge thing. Goes into the passion and purpose. But yeah, like, mm -hmm. never forget the drive and the thing that pushed yeah. you to initially start. Um, mm -hmm. The second thing is trust the process. And I think, I think that's something God's been teaching me recently. You know, there's, wow. there's a process to this thing. You know, it's not wake up one day, you got a following of like 10,000 people in your church. Right. But it's right. like in your day-to-day, -day, what actions? What are you reaping? Uh, what are you sowing? You know, what actions are you yeah. planning in your day-to-day -day life that will result in your eventual future? Um, mm. All the little things matter. And, mm. you know, a lot of us preachers and and young leaders, charismatic kind of guys who like to smile and, and we're into, yeah. you know, we, right. we like to use personality and, you know, yeah. it becomes so much easier. But it's like trusting the process that, you know, my personality, my charisma isn't enough to get me to where God has called me to do, you know? Yeah. The gift yeah. is good, but the giver is so much better than the gift. Yeah, and so man. how can I lean on the giver so much more than my ability to smile and laugh yeah. and make other people smile and laugh too. And so yeah. I think it's a recognition of, yeah, like trusting that God is bringing me through a process and I don't mm. know what the end goal is going to be. Um, yeah. Which is cool. Quick tangent. I mean, I talked about this in one of my episodes, this idea of calling. Um, and okay. I feel like a lot of people struggle with calling because uh, mm -hmm. they're like, okay, if I make this decision, if I go in this direction, what if it's not like in the plan that God had for me? Then I'm messing up God's plan. Um, yeah. Read this article by this dude from Fuller Theological Seminary. He said, calling is simply stepping into situations where you're loving and serving others. And yeah. so you could go to Africa, you could go to your backyard, and you'd still yeah, be yeah. in the call and the will of God. Um, yeah. which has changed my view on it drastically. Cause it's like mm -hmm. a lot of the times I'm like, Oh my gosh, like God, what if I choose the wrong place? What if I'm doing the wrong, you know what? But, but it's like, as long as you're loving others and serving others, you're in mm -hmm. God's call. I mean, we look at all the people of faith yeah. in the whole Bible and we see the end right. and we're like, man, like, you know, yeah. But none of them knew the end from when they began. You know, right. Peter didn't know how, where he'd end up. Saul didn't know. Abraham, yeah. the man of faith, didn't know that a walk from Ur to Israel, you know, would amount in yeah. him being the father of many nations. Um, right. And so, yeah, I think we need to understand call better and have a shift mm. of perspective. Um, yeah. And when that shift comes, I mean, then it's like, it's almost this burden is lifted but we're mm -hmm. also able to serve God so much more with like love and power and fullness. Yeah. Cause we're like, you know, maybe, you know, this, this might not be the, the right thing, but I'm like, I'm going to trust God that he's in the process. And so, yeah. you know, I could be choosing wrong, but it's like God's plan is so much bigger 
than my oh, understanding wow. of it. And so he will accomplish whatever he set out to accomplish oh, at the end of the day. You got me preaching, Erin. You got me yeah. preaching. Send me your address so I can send an offering, man. I'm just sending your way. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, okay, so this is my last question, but it kind of goes along with everything you just said. Uh, we were yeah. just talking about advice you'd give to peers that are walking the same journey as you. Mm-hmm. But last time we talked, you talked. we talked about mentorship too and the, the lessons that you're learning from mentors in this season of your life. For sure. Um, so what would you say is the biggest lesson you're learning from your mentors right now and I don't know if it's the same thing or maybe there's something else that triggers your your mind in another area Um, but what do you feel like you're learning from mentors right now yeah that's a great question I think I mean there's definitely a sense of trusting the process that's being communicated as well Um, yeah but well one a plug everyone you need a mentor Um, this was it was explained to me like this everyone needs three layers So you have a mentor who's ahead of you, you have people in your same circle, and then people that you're feeding. So Mm -hmm. it's like this constant cycle of like, you're always being fed, but you're also always feeding and you're in relationship Mm -hmm. with people who are doing the same. So you're always in this process of learning. Um, And so I'm a huge advocate. I love mentoring. I think it's like really important. And so if you don't have a mentor, find a mentor, hit somebody up, DM somebody, <laughs> pray on it. Yeah. I don't know. But I'm, I'm a real advocate for it. Um, yeah. But, I mean, we talked about this, and I think one of the, the biggest things that has been communicated to me by a mentor um, was to have a better sense of the intangibles. Mm. I met with a pastor. He was like, you know, a lot of young preachers, and we talked about this, and so yeah. this is funny. Yeah, a lot of it's young preachers. It's my favorite preachers. part. It's my favorite part. <laughs> He said, a lot of young preachers nowadays, you know, they focus on the gift of communicating. And so Mm -hmm. they focus on the words, they focus on the rhythm, how, you know, the word, I mean, how it comes out, you know, the delivery of preaching, which is great. The dude's like, that is great. It's important. Me, he said, I'm an average mediocre preacher. I'm not that Mm -hmm. good. Um, But the reason my church is growing, the reason... God has shown himself faithful is because I have this sense of the intangible things. Mm-hmm. I was like, what do you mean intangible things? He was like, there was a season of his life where all, I mean, God really birthed in him a spirit of fasting and prayer and really seeking his face. And so the point he was making was a lot of young preachers, they could know how to preach. They know the skill. They know the, the ways to bring words together, to draw a reaction yeah. Um, but we don't know the intangible things. Uh, we're not good at fasting, you know, which is a biblical mandate. We're not good at seeking yeah, God. We're not good at, you know, waiting on God and not only just talking to him, but actually just listening for his oh, voice. Man, you man. know, the old yeah. saints, the old saints used to be like, we would tarry in his presence. I don't yeah. know what tarry means. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, I God, microwave answer. I'm like, God, I, I prayed for five minutes. You hear that? <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's, it's and, and right. it's funny, but there's so much truth to it. And so I yeah. think for me, you know, he's like the biggest thing. And we kind of touched on it earlier. You know, it's yeah. young people were relying on the gift, but we need to go back to the giver of the gift because he mm-hmm. could bring it so much farther than we ever can. And so, you know, Preparing and practicing on the gift 
it's good, it's important, but it has to come second to that personal walk with God. You know, I felt God saying to me, you know, I'm trying to make you a water hose, uh, but you're kind of like a pond right now uh, because mm -hmm. you're not seeking me daily or you're just seeking me for the sake of a sermon. And I was like, mm -hmm. I was hit, you know, I was like, ooh, yeah. you know, like, wow. But I mean, I think that, that the truth that was revealed through that has made me so much more passionate. And I'm like, yeah. man, okay, I, I gotta be in my word. I gotta be seeking his yeah. face. I gotta be knowing what he's saying. Cause God, I, I see it like this, you know, the old radio stations, you know, yeah. now, now kids back, in, you know, now kids, they got Apple music, the they got access, time, yeah, yeah, they, got, they yeah. got access to music, whatever. But when I was growing up, we had the radio, you gotta turn it to the station. Yeah. God is like the radio, you know, he's, he's always speaking and we're, our job is to find the frequency that he's on. You know, yeah. he's, he's always live. He's always speaking every moment, every, every yeah. second, he's always doing something. And so we're turning the frequency to be like, okay, where, where is God? You know, but a lot of times we just can't find God. And so God's yeah. like, man, I'm trying to speak to you. I'm trying to let you know, I'm trying to give you a new revelation but you're only seeking me, you know, when you got to prep a sermon, you know, how, how am I going to change your walk? How am I going to change the walk wow. of others around you if you're limiting yeah. my power? I mean, one of, the, one of the things fasting was taught to me as, you know, we have the spirit man and the flesh man or mm -hmm. the flesh woman, you know, <laughs> and it's like the flesh, the flesh, I mean, we see it in the Bible, spirit is willing, flesh is weak. The flesh right. is so much louder than the spirit mm -hmm. man. And so when I'm hungry, I know I'm hungry. And so I get McDonald's. Um, yeah. You know, I get food because I know I'm hungry. Right. But you right. never know when you're spiritually hungry. You yeah. never know when you're like spiritually lacking and you need like the sustenance to carry you on. And so fasting yeah. is saying, I'm going to silence the loud flesh man in order for me to be more in tune yeah. with God. And so there's E-fast, where people just unplug from social media, food, Daniel fast, water fast. I mean, there's yeah. all these different, but it's like the point of it is silencing the flesh so yeah. that I can hear God speak to the spirit more. And I mean, there's yeah. been moments where I fasted and it's like, wow, like my spirit was really like hungry and I just didn't know at all. And I was kind of like Shoot. living this life without being fed and kind of yeah. at this stagnant level. But then, you know, once, once you get through that fast and got of it, and it's like, wow, this is where it should be, you know? It's wow, supposed yeah. to be high. It's supposed to, wow, oh, my God, this is what it's supposed to feel like to be in relationship with God. But a lot of the times we just, you know, let that flesh speak louder. So we don't yeah. know when the Spirit's hungry. We don't know when the Spirit, you know, wants to do, wants to speak. When the Holy Spirit is trying to move within us. Um, right. But we're just like, nah, nah, I don't hear it. I don't hear it. Yeah. So intangibles. Yeah. I, yeah. I so love that. And it's so true. It's, it's easier to know when my body's hungry than it is for me to know when my spirit is hungry. Mm. Because, and I think to go along with that, because we're so, we consume so much content in today's culture, it's easy to hide our spiritual hunger because for sure. it, we can just listen to music or even just put on a pod, you know what I'm saying? Put on a podcast yeah. or a video or a movie, or it's like these entertainment things. They're not bad. I enjoy them, but I think it sometimes hides the seriousness of our spiritual hunger totally, at times, totally. which makes us not really know where we're at, which then in turn, our spirits dying slowly. Mm, yeah. We don't even know it. You know what I'm saying? 
Dang, it's good. You got me thinking a lot, Benji. It's good. <laughs> it's good content, man. Well, I so appreciate you coming on to Millennials in Ministry today and just sharing your thoughts. And I'm so happy I got to connect with you. And um, I'm hoping that, could you tell the audience um, just how they can stay in touch with you, where they can follow you, maybe something you got going on next few months or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Follow me. Once again, thank you for having me. Um, I yeah. really think it's cool connecting millennials in ministry. Um, yeah. We're that generation that's about to step into this thing called church. Um, yeah. and so having the opportunity to connect and network and really rely on each other will go so yeah. much farther, you know? Leadership, totally. I mean, it's recognizing that I can't do everything alone. I need others around me. I need others speaking into my life and into yeah. my perspective because I can't always see things. And so this is awesome what you're doing. Thanks for having cool. me as Thanks, a guest. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you want to connect with me, uh, follow me, dearyoungpreacher.co, um, all one word, dearyoungpreacher.co. Um, it's a website, and so you could write it in the URL, or you could just search it on Instagram. I release weekly videos on YouTube, ranging from things like the call to passion uh, to culture to, I mean, the last video we did, which is coming out tomorrow, actually. So you can check that out. It's about women. Cool. It's called Dear Young Female Preachers. Um, wow. I, I got a friend of mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I got a friend of mine who stepped in, took over the whole episode. Um, so and I'm cool. excited. I'm excited. I think it was dope. And so yeah. to see the finished product will be awesome. And so That's cool. connect with Sweet me there. Um, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> we'll definitely stay in touch. I appreciate your time. Sure. It's been a great episode and man have a great day thank you so much peace you're welcome man see you later bye